Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hi everyone, welcome along to the RTGA podcast. Myself and Rory are going to be chatting hurling and football this morning. Shane McGrath will be along with us very shortly, but we're going to start with football and Tomás O'Shea is with us. And Tomás, first of all, it's lovely to have you back. I'm sure, uh, look, disappointment with Kerry under 20s, but nice to get you back into the punditry seat. How are you feeling about the summer ahead? I'm looking forward to it, Jackie. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it is a, a strange season and it's going to be a very long, a lot of matches, uh, a lot to cover. Um, you know, I, I, I love getting to the meat of it where there's knockout. So it's going to be a while till we get there yet. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to the season. It's it's hotting up. There was a, a big match yesterday. Um, this year, I suppose, since the very, very start, people were saying that there's you know, four or five teams that could possibly win it. It's hard to call the winner. And that's that's what makes it exciting. Exciting, you know. We'd long enough there where Dublin was the easy call for for too long, and now you know I don't think Dublin is the easy call anymore. So that makes it interesting, which is good for the rest of us. Yeah, that that's good. Well, look, I, I guess that helps because even when you look at yesterday, having a good Ulster final that's actually competitive, it does kind of start to whet the appetite. Because let's be honest, Tomas, before that we've watched an awful lot of bad games. Uh, do you know what it is, Jackie? There's no excitement. There's nothing to look forward to. There's no bite. So you've you've absolutely had nothing in Connacht, nothing in Leinster, nothing in Munster. And, you know, we were even in Munster hoping that Cork uh, would get to a Munster final, that there might be something uh, given that the league that they had. But look, the way the system is going, Jackie, and we all hate talking about it, but the way the system is going, the provincial championship is is absolutely pointless it's pointless you'll always have i think for the traditionalists who'll argue and i'd be one of the traditionalists in a way the traditionalists that argue that you lose the kerry carter you lose the monster championship you lose the tyrone Derry thing you lose the galway you'd still have that that rivalry will always be there because of the history we've had for 100 years that rivalry will always be there but the way the 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 whole system is right now that you have a warm up thing, you have a league, you have a Munster Championship, you have an Ulster Championship, you have an Ulster Championship, then you have this big absolute four team groups scenario where you have three teams to come out. You're saying, when does this actually when is it meaningful? When is it championship? When is it knockout? We're after creating a lot, lot more games and we're after taking the time away for those games to happen. And what you're actually doing is you're pressuring inter-county setups to, they're not professionals. They've, they're, they're, their turnaround is too quick. They're, they all have day jobs. They all work. And you're going to, they're not going to enjoy it as, uh, as much. And I think the GA will have to look at it eventually. I don't think this is the finished product. I don't think it's the, it's the right system to have. Um, and look, I've always said it. I haven't, I, this isn't new. I've always banged on that the provincial is, is, gone even before they, they they tried to chop and change it i just think yeah only for ulster this year and it's only for ulster every year this it'll be long gone and i do think that the main stumbling block is possibly the people involved in those provincial championships um that want to keep the tradition alive traditionally be fine rivalries will always be there rivalries will always be there it's having a competition that gets the people interested in it and look to have something that sets up the best teams playing each other, but not having it as 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 drawn out as it is at the moment, I think it's it's I, I think it's going to be very hard. Uh, we all at this stage, like I, I talked to a lot of friends. Nah, I won't tune into that stuff until it actually gets to the to the to the quarterfinal stage. You know, you'll get one or two or three or four games in between that'll be very good. You know, you'll have Mayo, Kerry will be excellent. You'll have Galway, Tyrone will be good. There'll be another few that'll be excellent. Um, but they want to get to the they want to get to the to the meat like they want to get to the knockout stuff. That's what we all want. Mm. Do you know the difficulty is though, Rory? People say, "Oh, it's tradition. It's tradition." Like G- the GAA will never break tradition, but they have already by moving from September. So surely they're open to the possibility that at some point they're just gonna they're gonna agree with everybody else and say, "Look, this provincial system is completely broken," as Desi Farrell called it yesterday. It is broken, <clears throat> and I suppose the stopgap measure that was put in place is this. Um, 
it was a sort of a sop really to the provincial councils because they wield an ex, a, a fairly inordinate level of power. I mean, if you look at how the management structure is 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 control is, is compiled in Croke Park, like the provincial councils are the next in line after the man after the Ard Corla. And you know, you are into a situation where the turkeys have to vote for Christmas. But what, what but what it's left us with is an inordinate amount of meaningless football. There's a huge amount of it. And I think what will ultimately be the final arbiter on this will be the general public because they'll start voting with their feet. We only had to see some of the Talchin Cup stuff at the weekend to, and look at some of the crowds that were added to realise people, like, I'm not too sure if people will buy into this. Not like the championship. I mean, I grew up in an era watching Tomas play, as you did, Jackie, where championship was championship, it was on the day, right? Now, nobody wants to go back to that, obviously, because one day you're bet, you're gone, and then that was very, very cruel too. But you're in a situation now where you have to lose four times before you're evicted from the championship. It's like they've brought in this prelim quarterfinal for the group stages on the basis that it was going to try and remove some of the dead rubbers at the back end. But what the law of unintended consequences consequences has done is it's actually inserted probably 20 dead rubbers before we get to that final group stage like there's there's only a couple of key games now in these groups that actually really matter and I think to go back to when the qualifiers first came in even I think it might have been was it Tommy uh, the Dublin manager not um, Tommy Tommy Tommy, was it Tommy Carr Tommy Lyons Tommy Lyons Tommy yeah. Lyons, Tommy Lyons was very famous for saying the football championship starts on the August bank holiday yeah. weekend. Do you remember that, Jackie? Yeah. Like when, yeah. and that's when the quarterfinals were, were would kick in two on a Saturday and two on a Sunday. And I think we're still at that. It's just the date has shifted, as you said, really. And it that's when the football championship will begin. You do have six or seven or eight teams of a really good standard at the top end because if you look at yesterday, for instance, right, loud. Absolutely served up in the slaughterhouse. Loud, if you go according to your National League standings, are the 11th best team in the country. They only finished two places behind the team that utterly destroyed them yesterday. So look, there is, there's a lot of issues. And I think the biggest and key point here, I'm not entirely sure if all this extra Gaelic football is good for Gaelic football, you know? Yeah. I think, look, if you, if you think about it, Jackie, right? And it's, it's 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 as simple as this because I know there was there was stuff said last week in the last couple of weeks about games not being on TV or whatever uh, games like it's kind of I don't know I might be stupid I might be wrong in this we have too many competitions we have too many games and we're after having the length of time or not having both we don't have the same amount of time we used to have to get these competitions in yet we're after extending the amount of games. Then you have a situation and everybody's it's beginning to start getting cranky and wait till the teams and wait till the management start getting cranky and start complaining about it as well. But you have a situation here where you've pundits who are giving out about games not being on television. But if you look at it logically, right, there was a scenario last year where we have too many games for the amount of time that we have and the amount of coverage that we're going to get seen. We had a situation where you watch Sky or RD, whatever way it was. Now you have a situation with Diego. The problem is, with the amount of games that are there, there's not a hope in hell. And I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. You have 31 games, apparently, that RD can show. 15 are contractually. You have 15 games to spread over a, a kind of a, a group stage for the football, quarterfinals, semifinals, everything. Like, in hurling and football, you're not going to do it. It's not going to happen, you know. And I, I, I don't, I think it's wrong. I think it's going to go down that road of you're, you're swapping Diego for, for Sky. Um, I think it's going to go down the road of having to pay for games anyway. I'd rather to be able to pay for one game rather than having to pay for Sky for a full year to actually watch a game. But I, I think... Like the talk of um, hurling's not being promoted, or it doesn't, you know, I, I, I don't buy into that at all. At all, I think, I think the situation we have is purely because we have too many games and there isn't enough 
time to cover all, and then you're chose, you're you're forced. Sure, who would have known that 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 um, lo people would love to see the the Kerry uh, Mayo game? It's behind the GA go. That's fine. Uh, who's to know that the 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 Clare Waterford game would have been uh, a damn squid? Nobody knows. It's very difficult to pick and choose games. The issue is we've too many games, and too many competitions. TV rights have have whatever they have. Everybody's going to start getting cranky. We're not seeing them. Um, it's just too compressed. And this, this, like, I laugh because the Talton Cup is what the Talton Cup is. There's no, it's, it's a championship for teams who get their crack at the All Ireland and are not there. Doesn't mean it means less to them. They go into another competition, and by God, you see the results yesterday and what's happening. It means something to them. They're inside that competition. That's what it is. Okay, but then. Um, you it's know, not you a, have, but Tomas, is it not a grand national for disappointed also rants? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I tell you, what, I think, I think that rant, I think that small, small man syndrome stuff, that kind of stuff. It's, it's. Uh, but, it's he, I, I, uh, but Tomas, it was a tongue-in-cheek comment that was meant to wind people up, and you know what? It worked. I mean. Like people don't read, don't know is quite a witty character, and it was. I thought it was funny, you know, and I think yeah, sometimes I, pe people I, I, people people you know, take I, these things way too seriously. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually get bogged down with that stuff. But I like, and Don Logue does what Don Logue does, you know. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. who has hurling's back. I, jeez, like I, I laugh at this kind of stuff. Everybody, there's no fear of hurling in the tips and the cocks. It's it's the hurling. Mm traditionally hurling will will struggle in other counties because it hasn't been the game there and that's the way it is but in terms of don Logue ranting about about not being on television and all that i don't think i think it's not a case of nobody having hurlings back that's not the case at all at all the case is there's too many games to cover and they're being forced if you sat don Logue and the group of of inter-county managers inside or whoever it is and say pick the games you want on television we'll put them on i guarantee you Rory, the way it is, and it, they're all ranting at Diego. Now, Diego isn't the issue at all. Those games were on Sky last year, and, and people didn't have access to them as well. And there was brilliant games on Sky that they didn't have access. We're going to miss brilliant games. You have a choice. It's still there. It's 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 the way technology is going. You have a choice of of paying for it, and I have no problem with it. I don't have no problem with the way Diego works. Uh, I, I think it's actually better than the Sky system in that at least I don't have to pay for the full year. I can pay for a match and watch a match, or else at the very start I can get them all. But I, I don't, look, the Talton Cup and all that, it is, no matter what you say, there's going to be, the, the crowds are less. But I would still argue, Rory, you look at, at, at Wexford for Mana, like it does, there's something there for those teams. They won't get the coverage, they won't get the crowds, but it is something for them. They're playing knockout football and the sun is shining. And well, that's not, not yet. It's not knockout. Yeah, yeah just... <laughs> they will be. It, it I, I was a part of it with Offaly last year, and there was a great bite to it. The games are yeah. coming fast. It was different. You didn't know who you were going to get. There was a draw there. There was excitement there. I do think that that is, is big for, for players. Like Westmead won it last year, and it was a huge draw. They, they brought it into Crow Park. It is, is it important that it's on, on TV? I do think it is. Yeah, semi-final and final. I do think I think it, 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 it falls in for players. It's a big deal for them. They know they're being watched. You won't get the crowds going into it. Nah, that's not going to happen. But outside of outside of six or seven counties in the hurling that bring in crowds, there's no crowds at hurling games. Outside of the seven or eight um, counties in football that bring in the huge crowds. Look at Crow Park yesterday. The days of of, of sold out houses are actually gone. Like you know, it's 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 there's there's a, an amount of teams that can do that. And obviously, you get to a certain stage in a championship, you'll do that. But but to think like that, you know, I I I, I don't think it's fair for people to say that the GA are are turning their back on 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 whatever you know on on hurling people or football people because it's not it's across both hurling and football will will be affected by this GA goal crack so I do I do I think I think that is small man syndrome stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just it's impossible to please everybody. And as you say, with the squeeze calendar, I think it's it's probably only going to get yeah. worse. Well, let's talk about some of these meaningless matches then, um, as you both have put it. <laughs> Armagh Derry, I guess yesterday, Tomas, right, when I was watching this uh, with Lee Keegan and Paul Flynn, they thought it was an awful game of football and said so. And then actually lots of people said to them afterwards, what were you watching? Because everybody in Clonus seemed to think it was a brilliant game. What did you make of it? 
Well, I, I, I presume that the lads were just talking the fact that it wasn't open. The fact yeah, that ah, yeah, in fairness. It's yeah. not that they didn't I don't think, think it was dramatic. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it had everything, Jackie. I think, look, there was, there was, of course, you can argue that there was times where it was, it was kind of very defensive, which it is. What did we expect? We had Derry and we had Armagh going. We knew beforehand that this was going to be defensive. But what intrigued me from the very start was how they were going to break it down and how they were going to actually create scoring chances, who was going to take those scoring chances. Um, for Armagh, it's unbelievable to watch the likes of Ethan Rafferty, the way he can come forward and have an effect. That will will change as we go along. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was... was I, I didn't want to go to the toilet. I didn't want to leave the television. I, I was afraid I'd miss something. Derry had their good start. You had, I, you know, everybody's talking about Conor Glass today only for Brendan Rodgers in that first half. I think Derry could have been in serious trouble. The penalties, the extra time, um, the performance by, by Shane McGuigan, I actually thought it was so... And then we always talk about, and it was a low-scoring game, you talk about the... the um, you know, the, the, the Shane Wiggins of this world, the 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 Rian O'Neill's of this world who score big scores and all that, but the defensive side of it, and people might not like you describing or enjoying that. I do. I, I, I've been involved in coaching. I just like the way they set up. I like the way teams are trying to actually break it down. Um, and look, you're, as the championship goes on, if you have a team who are possibly not afraid of Derry and Armagh and their defensive setup, and they poke a few holes, get a few scores on up, then you'll see your games open up that little bit more. But in terms of end-to-end of -end stuff, in terms of Armagh being behind for most of the game and then going ahead two points and then Derry stepping up and, and grabbing it by the throat, the penalties, I thought it was brilliant. I enjoyed it. I, I, it was, it was the most enjoyable game of football I've seen this year, based on the other rubbish around the place. Do you know, not rubbish. I shouldn't. Say, I shouldn't <laughs> no, you're going to be in oh, trouble no. with. You're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble with football, no, man. No, uh, rubbish equals one-sided matches. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I well, in fairness, like the other provincial finals, the last two last weekend were won by 14 points. The Dubs won by 21 points. It's, it's, you're not, you know what I mean? I can see why, what you mean. Yeah, but I don't want to be think, teams thinking it's right. Like you have te like, like sided teams above an Ulster. That whatever it is yeah. above there, you have four or five games every year that there's bang, bang, bang. And it mightn't mean that Derry or Armagh are potential Ireland winners, but you have what we want, and that's excitement. And that's what we got yesterday. And that's why that's why I enjoyed it. Yeah. And look, to be fair, Rory, anytime you can get a penalty shootout on TV, that's it's good TV, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't suppose that's a, another philosophical debate about whether or not it's a fair way of going. It's a killer for Armagh to lose a second big championship match in similar circumstances. And once it went to penalties, I had a sneaky feeling for Derry because I just think if you've got a natural goalkeeper as opposed to a makeshift one, which is Rafferty, you know, in fairness to Rafferty, he made a very good save for one of the penalties and obviously, you know, had the cojones to step up and take one himself as well. Um, I think, look, from my point of view, I thought it was uh, it was it was sucker punch for Armario. And actually, in terms of Rafferty, his like, as I said, his natural instinct is not one of a goalkeeper. And there was, I suppose, his decision making for the first goal was questionable. He nearly got caught a second time. And despite that sucker punch, I think Armagh actually settled that they did settle down. They played some good football. I mean, a really good game. I actually did enjoy it as well. Not that that matters to anybody, but what was the story of the jersey clash? I mean, it did look a bit close. That probably that was crazy. Was, yeah, it was a bit and silly. Colorblind, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually uh, genuinely think the GA yeah. need to look at that, by the way, as a side issue. I think, I don't know how they even allow something like that to happen. It was madness. Yeah. It did look a bit, they did look, a, they did look very close. Now, I suppose, look, Derry were wearing red charts it did make it slightly easier for people watching at home apparently people at the ground didn't find the same problem thought Rogers man of the match in last year's Ulster finals upstanding again deserved his black card did Armagh play well in that first half don't think they did and they certainly I certainly felt there was more in them yet they only went in a point down even though they had a big strong wind Derry seemed to get in behind them a little bit too easy, I would imagine, from Geezer's point of view. Um, but look, I think in terms of the finale and the drama, I agree with Tomas. I think you can argue the toss about the quality of Ulster football. What you can't argue is the competitive nature of it. It's an incredible championship on that front. Um, and it was just, you know, look, I think it was an absolute epic 
you know, for a, a neutral to watch. The one thing that I would have another big bone of contention with is this advanced mark. And for that contest to nearly have been decided by Rory Grugan when the goalkeeper might have, I don't think it was 20 metres for a start. I think it was only about 10, 12 but for that, for a contest of that nature to be decided, whatever about it being decided on penalties, this advanced mark, I despise it. But anyway, yeah. look, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but that's yeah. not been the first time either, Rory. There's a lot of games lately and that type of 20 The Dubs did a load of it as well, Tomas, mm. yesterday. And, and and the thing with the Dubs as well, Jackie, I mean, there were a couple of instances where Con O'Callaghan caught, caught a couple and you're saying to yourself, He's he one turn, on one for the goal. He turns around here and takes your man on your man as a hope, like, yeah. you know, and I just, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Come here, Tomas, before we leave Ulster, Armagh or Derry, do you rate either of them as serious All Ireland contenders? Um, you see, my issue with both, really, um, and this might sound too simplistic, I don't think, and even before the game yesterday, James Morgan and Barry McCambridge came on for, for Ben Creasley and Stephen Campbell, right? My issue with them is when they go, the Dublins, the Kerrys, the Galways, the Mayos, they're able to soak up and they're able to compete with mass defences at this stage. It doesn't fear them like it once used to. It doesn't choke them like it once used to. And all those top teams have top, top forwards who can cause damage. And that's when my, like Rory referenced Armagh in that first half. Armagh had plenty of, the, of, of, of ball in that first half. They had plenty of, of time on the ball at, uh, before they got into the other half. It's, it's breaking down defences. Like they've put so much time. Like you take, would, would Derry have won that game yesterday without Shane McGuigan? They wouldn't have. And then you see the bigger teams are able to choke Shane McGuigan out of a game. And my, like, yes, they have, don't get me wrong, they have attacking defenders as good as anywhere in the country. My issue or my worry for the Armas and the Derrys of this world, and don't get me wrong, they could take out a big team, they could take out a Kerry, they could take out a Dublin potentially, absolutely. But winning in Ireland, for me, you always, always have to bank on fellas who get you over the line scoring wise. And that's mm. the one area I think that they might stumble on as they go down the, the, the straight. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of the All-Ireland contenders then because the dubs look lots of people. I guess maybe it is yesterday the first time we saw them a bit more free-flowing. The one concern I think everybody has suggested to me about Dublin is they've still only played Division Two teams. The only Division One team in their group is Ross Common. It's going to be a very long time before we see them properly tested. But what did you make of them yesterday, Tomas? Yeah, I think, look... Um, I think it's very hard, Jackie. I mean, we're still we we should be kind of talking about Dublin in a in a time where they're heading into knockout football, but they're not heading into that for another while, and they're in a group where they're not well. You know, you have you have Kildare there as well. You have Roscommon. They're not going to be fully fully tested. So I think the Kerrys and the Dublins of this world, you're not going to get a full gauge properly yet until after that group stage. But At least Kerry though have like a male, like a big game. Like don't they should have that. that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't forget to ask Kerry have. <coughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I tell you. Uh, well, here he goes. Here he goes, Jackie. Here comes the era. Here it comes. Look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there'll be a, at least I don't have to travel anyway. At least it's only, it's <laughs> a handy far. spin. A handy spin. <laughs> uh, but no, I do think, Jackie. I think. Look, Dublin. I've all. I've said it from the get go. There's this thing in them, and I, I heard Quilo talking about it yesterday, where, you know, there's this kind of an inkling, is it Desi's last year? Is it one last hurrah? Then you see the likes of James McCarthy purring yesterday. Jeez, I thought he was phenomenal yesterday. Excellent. Um, it, it did surprise me, and the lads touched on it on, on TV. It did surprise me how Mickey Hart's team set up. I actually, I, it baffles me in some ways, um, like, we're here, and I, I, I remember Joe, Joe Brawley used to be saying, and I used to have this argument with him inside in the studio at times where, you know, why defend like that? Why have numbers behind the ball? Why have, because Joe, if you set up the way Lout set up yesterday, things like that can happen. 5-21. They could have had 10 yeah. goals. Like it, it, and then you no wonder, no wonder lads team set up defensively, and all it takes is a Donegal to see it successfully win 
and then you have like it's always going to be the way teams are always going to set up that way i was very very surprised how open they were you can call it brave you can call it stupid as well but they pushed up aggressively on kickouts they pushed up everywhere all over the pitch and um, that was their game plan they had to be happy with it they were brave and they stuck to it yesterday hurt clocks in at times um but by God, did Dublin actually just absolutely wipe them out in primary possession in the middle of the park. Mm. And that was the difference. And they were wide open. They had fellas ridiculously committed uh, forward. The first goal just showed that. Um, and it just happened. It, it They didn't collapse in terms of... of I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I, I find it baffling enough to associate that type of a... Um, I don't know how it happened under Mickey Hart's watch because... You know, people were actually saying in his latter years with Tyrone that, my God, yes, he has a defensive side, right? But he has enough attacking players to get more of a balance up front. And, you know, he was too defensive. So then for him to actually send out a team who are obviously a lesser team than Tyrone, you know, in terms of their ability and in terms of what they've achieved and all that, and then to set him up the way they set him up, I, I just found it surprising enough, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, Dublin, I, I, I don't think you can gauge it, Jackie, is the long-winded answer I can say. You can't gauge Dublin right now. You can't. I'd still question their defence, even though they haven't been tested. I'd question their defence if you have a setup where they're not defensively set up one-on-one. I would question them. And I think the, the bigger teams, as, we're, as we've said from the very, very start, this this championship won't start until the big boys start going against the big boys. And that's where you that's where the Kerrys and the Dublins and the Galways will be tested and found out um, eventually, do you know? Mm. That's the big question though, Rory. When Dublin get a meaningful game against mm. whoever that is, it's just such an unknown territory for Desi Farrell because he has no idea how good his team are right now. It, yeah, that's absolutely fair. They did ship a little bit of criticism in the wake of the Kildare performance people didn't yep. think that people didn't think that they played well and I think we saw a little bit more of what we can expect from Dublin when you know everybody is in proper championship mode I thought they were excellent yesterday it was a statement they looked lean they looked hungry they played with a similar type of zip they were a bit ropey in the first 10 minutes all right and there was a couple of wayward hand passes it was unusual to see Jack McCaffrey kick one away and I think Brian Howard had a stray hand pass that got intercepted but they settled down quickly enough after that these are two players that have been out for a long time and the way they kicked the ball the way they moved it really really quickly I mean as I said very similar zip to their play like Kerry last week against a similar type of opponent and they just eviscerated loud thereafter was it Pete Dublin no but it wasn't far off it Jack Mack going off is a pity uh looks like the hammers and I mean I don't know Tomas can they be tricky to fix when you start when they start to crop up in the latter part of your career for especially for a player like that with such explosive pace but I think it was just it was a very professional um it was a very professional performance from Dublin they went in got the job done absolutely annihilated them and that's you know I suppose they're lose-lose because had it been a close game people would be asking more even more questions about their form and you're you're spot on I mean we really won't know where they where things stand with them until we get to some serious knockout football but I think they're right in the mix yeah um look we're almost right out of time but just one last word Tomas on the Kildare under 20s because obviously look you've been involved with Kerry over the last uh year or so and watching this team up close how good are this Kildare under 20 group and how quickly do you think they can transition some of them up because there's no doubt about it they're going to need some of them yeah I think um I think they just had a, had a good group Jackie you had Brian Flanagan in charge of them he's mm. been there a couple of years now they were very well organized from the start of the year in under 20 circles they were highlighted as a team to watch there was a bit of pressure on them um don't get me started whatever about the structures of the senior championship <laughs> <Yeah. get> me <laughs> yeah. and the way they run the under 20 championship but if you look at it from a Leinster point of view, it's knockout everywhere else, and then it's different above a Leinster. They had, they came through a, a six game. They had six games before they came out of Leinster, and there was a bit of pressure. They went through extra time. Uh, they had the quality. They had the homework. There was hype coming with Sligo. We got turned over by Sligo in the semi-final. Sligo were a tough, hard team. They were five points down against against Kildare, and they brought it back to two, and then Kildare just finished very strong. But I think overall. There's four or five of those fellas. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's huge for Brian 
for them to win and that's what it's about for them that particular group but from a bigger wider context it's about how many of those fellas can you get into the senior mm-hmm. setup and how many i think with the 20s and once upon a time 21s they were probably more ready there aren't too many of them now that make it and make it proper at senior level um but in the next two or three years i'd i'd be expecting always always you go into a bar you go in anywhere and you see an under 21 team an all ireland winning team and there's always seven or eight of those that make the step up and yeah. i think even above minor it's a more important age group than minor yeah. because the percentage of people that that actually make the senior team and make an impact with the senior team is a way way higher so it's a huge win for Kildare, huge. And um, I'd imagine that there's five, six of those fellas that will make, maybe not next year, but they will make an impact in the next. And it has to be, it has to be, it's coming like, um, and I, I, geez, well done to me. It, it is a hard competition because you can say they had six weeks and it was bang, 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 Jackie, every single week, every single week. So you were on about Jack McCaffrey there, Rory with hamstrings, like you pick up a, 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 a knock in this year's championship or a suspension or anything like that, it's, the games are coming so fast and heavy, you could miss two games, no problem at all at all. So to win it under the circumstances that they won it in the, the, the super microwave championship that is the under 20, <laughs> um, it was a huge achievement by Kildare. <laughs> would you bring a few, Tomas, would you bring a few of them in this year? You probably would, Rory. Do you know, there's, I don't know, would you, would would they, I think the huge thing that there still is, is strength, pace, time on the ball would be the big worry you'd have for them. And um, that's like, some of them, we, we'd have on our team now, and I, I can only speak from our team, strength-wise, strength-wise, uh, you have four or five lads that would be ready right now, but then, it's a different ball game. It's a different kettle of fish when you when you when you talk tactically or you talk. It's I always saw it myself when you were playing. The big difference between underage and under twenty ones and senior is the pace of the game. The pace of the game will catch them. That's not to say none of them are ready, or you see it in the hurling that they are able to take part and 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 have an impact and have a big impact. But at under twenty, I think it's just harder on the football because of the way teams defend. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, look, we will see. Uh, Kildare definitely need them. We're going to have to leave it there. But, Tomás, great to have you back. And I look forward to chatting to you throughout the summer. No matter, lads. Thanks a million. All right, let's chat hurling then. And Shane McGrath is with us. And look, Waterford, Claire, Shane, let's get straight to it. It's just another underperformance from Waterford. What is going on there? I don't know, Jackie. Like, everybody seems to say that maybe the manager is the fault and um, what's going on in the backroom team. And uh, just talking from Waterford people as well, they're just not happy. And I suppose, Jackie, it's clear to see that fans aren't happy either. I mean, they're not going to the games. Um, The whole whole setup of of the team at the moment, like, um, for example... Tony Kelly has to be stopped in from a from a player point of view. And Tip Tip did it like, you know, Tip Tip did it down in with 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 Carl Barrett. Um and like even Kilkenny did it last year with Mikey Butler. And for me, like I don't understand the choice of Daryl Lyons being the guy to set out to try and do this for Watford because he's not a man marker. Like it's it's not in his game. Like he's he's playing around midfield normally. And just from someone myself personally, I wouldn't have been comfortable being a man marker. And and it didn't work at all. Um, you know, even even things like even when they're the man down and, and you're down 10, 11, 12 points to continue to play a sweeper. I I I don't understand that either. I, I just don't understand their setup. I don't know, do they know what their identity is at the moment, Jackie, as players like I just don't think they do like. And everybody says, and it's been mentioned about KM Lyons' red card. KM Lyons' red card was a stupid red card. And it, it it wasn't the second yellow, it was the first yellow. There was no need for it. And all these things feed in, feed in. Stephen Bennett is, is is top top player. Again, he doesn't score from play yesterday. He scores his or sorry on Saturday. He scores his freeze and he's very good at freeze, but not from open play. Daisy Hutchinson, like one of the top forwards in the country, and like inside forwards, and we're rarely seeing him at playing as an inside forward. And for me, Jackie, those things along with other other things as well, I think just just snowball. It's a snowball effect that. What's going on there at the moment is not good. They, their, their, their physical fitness doesn't seem to be able to match up to other intercounty teams. They, they don't seem to have a structure. 
Ty de Burka obviously is the best sweeper in the country, uh, bar none in my opinion. Obviously, he's a massive loss. But they just don't seem to be comfortable in when it's 1v1. Case in point, players first goal, players goal in the first half. They're turned over. It's a 2v2 situation. They're obviously used to that, that, that comfort of maybe an extra defender there. They're not able to deal with it. Clare get a goal. Very well finished by Ian Galvin. So look, I think all those things, Jackie, I think just add up to it's just a very, very bad year for Watford. It's a bad year underage with the minors, with the under-20s. The fans aren't going anymore. Something, something seriously needs to change, in my opinion. Mm. Rory, I saw Jackie Tyrrell calling it a dark day for Waterford hurling. I even felt it was even stronger than that. Like, I think this is a full-blown crisis now. Yeah, full-blown. You're 100%. It's... It, 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 there would appear, and again, look, you're only looking at it from the outside and it's very, very difficult to make a proper assessment, but this, their spirit does seem to be broken. Something is broken in the spirit of Waterford GA. And like, I'd nearly call on the county board to, like, they've got to see, the, the one of the upsides of this ridiculous calendar is they'll have a full year before they play a competitive proper hurling again obviously they have the de- de- a dead rubber from their point of view against Tipperary where they're playing for nothing else but pride but they do have time now to plan because like this is a mature team so like they have a year really to maybe circle the wagons a small bit put the call out to the Tony Brown get Tony Brown back for what's Tony Brown doing up in Tipperary get Tony Brown back down to Waterford and say forget about Tipperary Tony we need you. We need Ken McGrath. We need the Paul Flynn's. Let's go mm. in and talk to Bally Gunner. What are they doing in Bally Gunner that's so effective? The hard work. Let's get Derek McGrath back in, back involved. Let's get Dan Shanahan boots on the ground. Like, there's a lot of really brilliant, brilliant hurling people and brilliant GA people within Waterford that, it, that this can be turned around. But they need to act. And you need a proactive county board, which I think there is there, to really grasp this nettle. I mean, one of the big things for me, I loved the Waterford team of the noughties, Jackie. They came up against our own Cork team and there were some incredible battles, right? And by and large, Justin McCarthy was the manager and I have a huge amount of time for Justin. His book is one of the best GA books you'll ever read, Hooked. It was written in conjunction with Kieran Shannon. And if you read Justin's book, Justin has a famous saying, winning alone isn't enough, you must win with style. Why did people get in? Why did Waterford become nearly everybody's second team? Why did Waterford become this swashbuckling team? It was because of the way Justin had them coached. They were fantastic to watch. That's the reason we got the players like Tyg de Burka and Austin Gleeson and all these fantastic players come through because they saw the Ken McGraths and Paul Flint's and John Milans play this brand of hurling that was fantastic to watch. I think their brand of hurling has turned supporters off. I think they need to start looking more introspectively, maybe get slightly insular, look to their own, find solutions from within, dispense with the notion that outside managers can solve all because obviously they can't and remove all the excuses that the players might look to kind of lean on from a crutch point of view and try and resurrect this thing because look, as I said, they have time now to take stock. It's an awful long time before there will be competitive hurling again and there's just going to have to be some really, really harsh home truths and some really, you know, like self-reflection, deep self-reflection have to go on because they do need to turn the ship around for everybody involved in Waterford hurling. Do you know, Shane, if you go back a couple of weeks, right, and take it back to the Limerick game and how close this Waterford team pushed them and all the things that, like, remember Shane Dowling doing a piece on the Sunday game that night about the tactics that Davey got right and just, you know, the way that they set up. And they were very close close to beating the All-Ireland champions. Fast forward then a couple of weeks and look where we are now and we're talking about a full-blown crisis. Like, I don't know if maybe just Limerick were way off that day and it was a bad judgment or have Waterford just over the last few weeks just gotten continuously worse. Like, what has led to this downfall? Yeah, a few things there, Jackie, I suppose. For me, like Watford played the All-Ireland final against Limerick. And I suppose yeah. that would be the game that they targeted and they, they went at it hard. And, you know, obviously they, they they picked up injuries that day as well. And I think they were spent after it. Like I think they'd not left after it, you know. And I suppose mentally even going, going there, giving everything, being the better team on the day. Like, you know, I, I was at the game and they were the better team on the day. But to still come away and be the losers, like, that's, I think that's, that's it. Like, you know, you, you you give everything, you play really well, but you don't win the game. And 
dealing with the injuries and just think like just particularly now the last two games as well their their their, their fitness levels look look poor yeah. like, for intercounty level like i mean like say just even look at tip like trying to you know trying to survive with cork and like i tell you lads as as a tip group they have they have this group probably have never trained as hard as they have over the last um, number of months and you know they they found it hard to live to live with Cork's movement and everything. But like Watford didn't lay love in them because they just weren't able. And again, I'll, I'll use Tip as an example. Tip weren't able last year. They weren't fit enough. Watford weren't fit enough or weren't had, didn't have the S and C work done to live with Cork. It was fairly evident just on Saturday that they they, they weren't anywhere near as fit as Clare either. Um, just I just I, that's that's my take on it, Jackie. But is it deeper they, though? Is it deeper, Jackie and Shane? I mean, I know you can a season can spin on the pin of a head very very easily, and you one result can you know feel lead to a, what might feel like a full blown crisis. But they're not having any success at underage level. This is a couple of years now in the making. There's a consistent pattern here in terms of their results, particularly in round robin hurling you know like the careers of these players are going to pass by very very quickly you're hoping then for another generation to come through does that seem likely with what's happening at underage level I think are the problems I suppose and the question is is the problem a little deeper than you know oh they lost to Limerick and the whole season blew up in their face yeah I like look it's 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 not good underage either you know I mean having having not won a match this year like literally you know at all and like I think I, I feel like I, I mean we're we're here as we're talking about Watford like I mean Clare are in a great place as well yeah. you know they're, they're yeah. absolutely flying it they, they, the, the one thing I took from Brian Lohan's interviews after the match was we had to back up the Gaelic grounds like and they did they backed it up with a they backed it up and more like and all all this without their their go-to guy for the league like Aidan McCarthy you know I mean that's that's massive like in previous years maybe if they lose one of the if they lose a top guy they could struggle like but but the thing for me is when Brian Lohan sits down and he puts the paper down in front of him with his selectors and his backroom team now he has the strongest group in my opinion that he can pick from from his time as a manager and that's massive but like Watford are, they, they are in a bad place it doesn't seem to be getting any better and like from from even playing against Watford or knowing Watford people the one thing they always had was they, they had massive support they always had great support. They always brought great, great color to the place. They always brought a great atmosphere to the place. And the fans, lads, you know, the the, the hurling people down in Watford, you know, they're they're just not they're just not supporting the team at the moment. And I, I suppose, what do you do? Like the players are going out, and they're trying their best. They're not going out to lose, but it's just not happening. It's not happening at at, at all grades. And obviously, lads, we can see we can see what the result is at, at the moment. Like so. Mm. I think you're right about Claire, though, because when you do turn it on a positive, like just look what they're doing now. And like, I mean, that game now at the weekend, when you look at just the way that the Munster Championship is falling and the potential that Limerick could go out this weekend is like it, it's, a, it, it's it's unbelievable the way that things have turned around. And Claire have played a big part in that. I think they've to, to me, they've probably been the team of the championship in a lot of ways, just in in watching their performances and how quickly they've managed to turn things around, Shane. Yeah, definitely. Like, and <clears throat> I think that it is it is down to the fact that everyone is available and everyone yeah. is fit. Like Aidan McCarthy's back. You know, Shane O'Donnell is 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 roaring again. Mark um, Rogers. You know, Mark mm-hmm. Rogers, T, Tony Kelly, Ryan Taylor. You know, Carl Malone. Like, like the like the, the hurling he's doing at the moment. Dave Fitzgerald. He, I just think Brian Lohan is is sitting down every week going. I'm just so happy that I have all these lads now, you know, and even compared to the other semi-final last year, I mean... Is Bra- is Bra- is Bra- does Brian Lohan get happy? Yeah, he does. He was smiling <laughs> after the Limerick game and, like, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see the emotion in him. Like, uh, he's... Uh, I, 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 I'd, say they, I'd say they love hurling for him, Rory. Um, oh, just yeah, from yeah. talking to Claire people, I'd say what he brings to it in the dressing room. Like, even if lads... You know, there's a lot of young Clare guys there that might have never seen maybe Brian Lohan even play. Like, they might have never gone and seen him play live, but they would hear stories about him and, you know, the, the red helmet and the, the leader he was. And I'd say what he does for him in the dressing room is unbelievable. I'd say the respect he, he has off the lads is unreal. Um, I'd, I, I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall when he makes one of those inspirational, we need to do it for each other, we need to do it for Clare kind of speeches. Because I'd say... There's very few better than him. Dalo is probably one of the best, maybe, to get going. I've 
Yeah, I remember Liam Sheedy even go back to Liam again. I remember he brought Dalo in and when his club poured through, we're in an art final just to give a kind of a, you know, do it for the parish kind of speech. And I'd say, lads, Ryan Lohan is, has these boys, you know, uh, just has them right, has them ticking. And you talk about pride and you, and you talk about passion. And But again, I, it, that's all important, lads. But if you don't have the players to carry out these things, it's very hard. And what he has now is he has a group. They're all ticking. They're all fit. They're all roaring for 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 success. I mean, not one of them has a monster championship medal. Let's, you know, not none of them. Like, I mean, nineteen ninety eight, last time Clare won a monster final. Have no doubt about it. Like, that has to be a big target for them. And um, and they have they have they a chance to do it? They have an unbelievable chance to do it. And even monster final last year, brilliant performance. Now now throw in Aidan McCarthy into the mix there. Now throw in a more experienced Mark Rogers. Now throw in a more experienced Shane Meehan. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and it's 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 a stronger group. Like, and mm. I, I said it earlier on in the year. If there was one team that that really excited me, or, or maybe, you know, I felt had a great chance to challenge Limerick before the championship got going. I, I felt it was Clare because of the bodies they have, because they have everyone, and because of you know, I suppose the experience they would have gained from last year. Let's have been so close to Limerick. It just they just fell flat in their face down our semi-final because you know John Conlon was out. Well, I don't think Tony Kelly was right playing the match. I believe he was sick coming into the game. And I just think they've learned so much. And I think now, if there is a time for them for success, I think now they know and now they really believe that now is the time, let's in my in my opinion. No better uh, way to show it either, Rory, than having Cork coming to Ennis at the weekend. Like I do think for Clare, they will see this as a huge opportunity, and and Cl- and Cork will too, by the way, because they're right in the hunt, which makes that game the the, the pick of the games really. Oh, yeah, it's huge, Jackie. I mean, and it's and look, the Cusick Park has been a graveyard for Cork teams of late. So this is not an easy task. Uh, there's a right little rivalry beginning to develop between the two counties, obviously contesting the minor Munster final last week. The under-20s are taking each other on tonight. Cork will be probably favourites to win that, given their record in the round robin. But it'll be, I think it'll be a very, very competitive game again. And then that obviously leads into the senior match at the weekend. But um, like just right across the board, everything that's going on within Clare is just so impressive. I think there's been a change in terms of we spoke about, you know, maybe the spirit being slightly broken in Waterford. Well, you couldn't say that about Clare. By the way, Shane, how valuable were those two points that Tipperary picked up on day one up in Ennis now in the overall context of things? And obviously that was probably the day to catch them because they were slightly cold. And obviously they had a couple of boo-boos early on in terms of the goals that they conceded. But no, look, I think these the, these two matches that are coming up next weekend, massive, Jackie. I mean, just absolute. They're like two All-Ireland finals. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Because, like, let's just say if Cork win and Tip win, the All-Ireland champions are out. Out? It's like, they, they can't catch Clare. Like, yeah. you, Shane, you could have given me any odds at the start of the year <laughs> of this happening and I would have said absolutely no chance. But, like, Tip now must feel, and they must sense that as well, that they could smell blood and try to go for this as well. And, uh, look, and, a, and, a, and a Limerick minus Sean Finn. Now, we've seen Limerick Correct. in the past, obviously, cope with plenty of injuries, but, like, Sean Finn is a special, special talent. So, like, I mean, it's just, it's just so intriguing. Sorry, sorry, Shane. Oh yeah, it does help when you can bring an all-star on, I suppose, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, come here, like, I tell you though, there's um the, the, the buzz around tip is good at the moment. You know, it's um it was a bit disappointing the way our, our maybe our underage teams finished up, you know, with, with results and stuff. But uh, as regards the senior lads, there's there's a great feeling like about it. And I just I we, I suppose I really hope there's a big tip crowd in Torless. The stands are sold out. The terraces are getting there. So there'll be some buzz. Like, uh, and it's a sellout think. Nennis as well. I mean, it's just incredible, yeah. the crowds. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's great. And the atmospheres are unbelievable. I suppose, Jackie, as you said, like, there's no way anyone could believe that in 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 match three for Limerick and match three for tip, that, that tip would potentially have a chance to knock out Limerick. No way anyone could foresee that. I don't care what, um, what kind of mystic Meg talents you might have. But... Um, I, it's I think I think for me right this is this the way I feel about the Tip Limerick game, and um, I think it's kind of a maybe a, a free shot for Tip in a way because like I think they're in a good place and they have Watford as the last game things aren't going well there yeah Watford playing for pride but you know what Tip will be playing for a bit of pride too in in the form of Liam Cahill and 
what went on um, with Waterford last year as well. So, you know, that's that's going to be a, a factor in it as well. And Davy and Liam had a few words after the league game. I'm sure they, they weren't exactly inviting each, over to, inviting each other to each other's house for tea or anything, like when they were saying those few words. So that's going to be an issue as well. So I I, I, I believe five points will get you through. So I, I just think for tip the next day, will they go for it? 100% they'll go oh, yeah. for it. 100%. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think Liam Cannell knows how to do anything else. Mm. And obviously Limerick have the three weeks. They've been, they've been working away, training away, training hard. You know, they would have time to to set up for tape. They would have watched the Cork game. And like, it's, it's, it's do or die. Like it is do or die. If Cork get a result down in, in, in Ennis at, at, at two o'clock and that results filters through to Thurless. And I tell you, if, if tip do manage to get a result over Limerick, they'll, you know, it'd be like it'd be like a little mini all Ireland for a lot of for a lot of tip people. I suppose <laughs> I'm, I'm living I'm living here near the near enough the border. Um, even when we have a county colours day in the school, and um, there's a lot of Limerick jerseys around. So um, you know, we know we know about the rivalry. Um, we know um, we know about the I suppose the intensity between the two counties there and Limerick. With there's no point saying anything else. Limerick have had the upper hand for the last four or five years on us now. So uh, it'll be a big day. And you know what, lads? Limerick have had the upper hand on Liam Cahill and Mikey Beavins as well. Um, with Watford, they've it's the one team they they haven't bet. So look, lads, with all those things, all those mixtures, all those ingredients, I think it's it's making for another great weekend in, in the Munster Hurling Championship. And you know, isn't it great that I suppose we've two provincial competitions that are keeping the interest going in it. One being the Munster Hurling, the other being the Ulster football. And I suppose uh, we had a, we had a great weekend of the football in the Ulster. And I suppose we're we're, we're going to have another epic weekend. I think next weekend, lads. Yeah, I do wonder what is going through John Kiley's mind this week, Rory, because there's no doubt about it. It's got to be, you know, literally all hands on deck to get themselves out of the hair. I don't even think he could have foreseen that they'd be in this position trying to scramble even just to get out of Munster. Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, like it, the, it should be added pressure. The only thing I'd say is this, and like I'm not saying that I was predicting in any way that Limerick would fail to get out of Munster, and I still think they will. They'll potentially still be in the Munster final. I mean, that's it. That's it. That's the you funny know, like thing. The, the chances are yeah. they could go and beat <laughs> Tipperary on Sunday, and then they'll have Cork at home in the last match. So, you know, look, I don't. I we won't. We're not um, writing their epitaph just yet. But the, the there is they are only human. They haven't, they've been on an incredible run. It's, it is very difficult to sustain that winning mentality when you've won as much. I mean, I think Mick Foley made the point. There are no more lands for Limerick to conquer at this stage. They've done three in a row. They've done four in a row in Munster. I think they're going for five in a row in Munster, which I think has only ever been done before by, by Cork, maybe in the late 70s, early 80s. And so like this is just the most incredible time for them. And I suppose like, there's a natural wear and tear that will come into it. Obviously, he's got a selection issue around Garrod Hagerty. Will he start the next day? You'd obviously assume that he will. And then, you know, who comes in instead of Sean Finn? That looks fairly straightforward as well. So they'll be beacon from a reasonably full deck. It's just in terms of their motivations, because I think they will be coming up against the Tipperary that, you know, there, there's a there's an energy about this particular tip bunch that we haven't seen from a Tipperary team for a while. So they're not going to get anything soft and thoroughless on Sunday. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, I am just so looking forward to it. It is just going to be such a great weekend. Uh, Can't wait to do it all. Shane, thanks a million for being with us. I look forward to the week. I'm sure you're going to enjoy thoroughless and everything that it has to offer at the weekend. There'll be a bit of crack around, no doubt. Absolutely, yeah. I'd say it'll be a great buzz round. Great buzz round in us, great buzz round Turles, and uh, hopefully we'll get a bit of weather for it as well, Jackie. Uh, It'll definitely help the situation. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Big time. All right. Thanks a million, lads. Talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. There's the whistle. It's over.